everyone, and welcome to Himi Speaks. My name is Jimena, and this is a podcast in which I will talk about anything and everything that interests me, so I expect it will be quite eclectic. This is just for fun, so don't expect any scholarly analysis or unbiased reviews, because this is very much a podcast that is focused on my perspective. In this pilot episode, I'm going to be talking about a piece of media, or rather an entire franchise of media, that's been a part of my life since I was very young, and that's Transformers. I'm sure you've heard of Transformers in at least one of its forms, most likely through the movies, though I could go on several tangents about how those in particular have done no favors for the perception of the quality of Transformers as a franchise. But it's much more complex than just the Hollywood blockbusters. Ever since the original cartoon in the 1980s, Generation 1, there have been quite a few shows and video games and comic series, not to mention the figures, which is really where the profit lies and pretty much the entire reason the franchise was created. I think there's this assumption that Transformers is just for children, which is not an entirely incorrect assumption if you're referring to the TV shows or some of the more reasonably priced figures. Those are certainly marketed towards young audiences. But when we move into the comics, specifically the IDW comics, there's a definite shift in tone and intended age range and even genre, and the comics are where the focus is going to lie, at least at least in this episode. I expect that there will be quite a few episodes in which I talk about some of the different iterations of Transformers. The ones I like, anyway. For now, I'm going to talk specifically about the comic series More Than Meets the Eye, which I will loosely describe as an ensemble space adventure that quickly grows into much more. More Than Meets the Eye was eventually rebranded as Lost Light later on in its run, but for the sake of continuity, I will be referring to it exclusively as More Than Meets the Eye. Before we get any further into it, though, I'd like to provide a bit of background information for those unfamiliar with Transformers. If you already know all this, I apologize, and I'll try to keep it brief. Transformers focuses on an alien race of sentient robots called Cybertronians from the planet Cybertron. Their origin and their history varies greatly across different series, so to make things simpler, everything I describe from this point forward is part of the IDW comic continuity. All Cybertronians have a soul-slash-heart called a spark, and their bodies can either develop naturally from the middle of the planet, or their bodies may be built by other Cybertronians, and then a spark is then placed inside this pre-constructed body. They have a very developed society with different religions, politics, and belief systems. For many years, the planet was ruled by a senate, which established an oppressive rule over the citizens, and two factions emerged in an effort to overthrow this regime, the Autobots and the Decepticons. In very simple terms, the Decepticons believed a violent revolution was necessary, and the Autobots, who were also prepared to fight, were not willing to risk as much collateral damage as the Decepticons. Or rather, they weren't as into the idea of the ends justifying the means as the Decepticons were. At first, anyway, a lot of things change as the story goes on. The coup was successful, but sure enough, the clashing ideals of the factions grew too large and war broke out between them. In almost all continuities, the Autobots are framed as the heroes and the Decepticons as the villains, but IDW is really where we get into the complexities of what causes war and how factions are decided, who gets painted as the good guy and the bad guy. The War for Cybertron lasted literally 4 million years, and I don't have the patience to cover all of it, but spoiler alert, the Autobots won. Many Decepticons were placed on trial for war crimes after the war, or they were chose to leave the planet entirely or were exiled from it. At the time that More Than Meets the Eye begins, the Autobots are now focusing on rebuilding the cities and communities that were destroyed in the war. They're trying to establish a government that won't repeat the mistakes of the last one. But that political aspect is more in the realm of another related comic series, Robots in Disguise. The story is co-occurring with More Than Meets the Eye, but the majority of the time, More Than Meets the Eye is not even taking place on the planet Cybertron. Like I said before, 
the comic has an ensemble cast. It features a crew of Autobots, led by Rodimus Prime, setting off in a ship called the Lost Light on a quest for the legendary Knights of Cybertron. Um, needless to say, things go wrong quickly, and their adventure ends up having much higher stakes than any of them expected. They, they have plenty of run-ins with other species, rogue Cybertronians that aren't quite convinced the war is over yet, and just general misfortune. Several of the main characters are former Decepticons, and this is very important in how they are regarded by other members of the Lost Light crew. It's an Autobot ship led by Autobots, so there's a lot of tension there. Again, it was a four million year war. There is not one Cybertronian who wasn't affected by it in some way, Autobot or Decepticon or neutral. There's one character in particular, Cyclonus, whose storyline I found really intriguing and meaningful because he really believed in the Decepticon cause just like the Autobots believed in theirs. He believed in their fight against the Senate, but he did do things that were reprehensible and he's atoning for them. What really makes it poignant, though, for me is that he never fully gives up his history. He knows he was a Decepticon, and he knows that identity shaped who he is, and it's really interesting to see how he's slowly able to forge relationships with other Cybertronians who are on the other side of the war. It also helps to understand that Cybertronian morality, or at least Cybertronian morality as it currently stands in the comics, is a bit skewed. This is a race that's been at war for centuries upon centuries, so death and betrayal and tough decisions are almost normal for them. A lot of them quite literally wouldn't even exist without the war. And back when the Senate still existed, so many Cybertronians were impoverished or persecuted that they resorted to things that would be considered criminal in another world. There's a subplot that focuses on a group of ex-Decepticons, and it's one of my favorite parts of the series, because by no means are these quote-unquote good people, but they're still people. They're funny, and they care about each other, and they're struggling in the aftermath as much as the Autobots. And it's so refreshing to see characters who don't have to be paragons of morality in order to be seen in a sympathetic, complex way. This comic gets intense, and because they're robots and not made of organic material, the creators can get away with a lot more in terms of violence than they probably would have been able to had this been a story about humans. I won't go into detail because it really can get quite icky, but just in the first few issues, these guys have to deal with heart-eating monsters, a bioengineered plague, and organ harvesters. I'm not a particularly squeamish person, but there were definitely times when I was caught off guard by just how graphic it got. I don't think it's excessive, though. The violence has its purpose in the story and isn't just there to shock you. That really goes for all facets of the comic. It rarely does anything without meaning. The overarching theme of More Than Meets the Eye is self-acceptance, learning how to navigate among people terribly different from and terribly similar to you, and coming to find that those same people can love and trust you for who you are. We see this mostly in our leader character, Rodimus, and later on with the redemption arc for the former leader of the Decepticons, Megatron. I have some controversial opinions about the latter of these two, but I'll likely address that if I ever do an episode focusing on the character of Starscream. And speaking of acceptance, something I'd like to highlight about More Than Meets the Eye is the amount and quality of LGBT characters and relationships portrayed. Cybertronians are technically genderless, but the majority are referred to by he-him pronouns. The origin of female-presenting Cybertronians varies across iterations, and I don't really feel like getting into that, but significantly there are trans and gender non-conforming Cybertronians. There is a comic in which a character discusses changing her pronouns and her physical form, and when male Cybertronians, and I'm using male here just for technicality, when they take on human disguises, they sometimes present as female or have AFAB forms but still use he-him pronouns. In More Than Meets the Eye, there are two main couples, three once the series nears its end, but two main couples throughout the majority of the run. These relationships are between Chrome Dome and Rewind, and between Tailgate and Cyclonus, and both are gay couples. Chrome Dome and Rewind's relationship is established off-screen, or off-page rather, 
Their storyline focuses on loss and grief and regaining trust when you've thought you've lost the one who's most important to you. Tailgate and Cyclonus are more of a slow burn. In fact, Cyclonus does not care for Tailgate at all when the series begins, but they have this wonderful friends to lovers arc that basically spans the entire comic, and it's very interesting to see how this established long-term couple works in contrast to the other two who have this long emotional journey of figuring out their feelings and dealing with jealousy and past trauma and all sorts of things that one would likely expect more of a soap opera rather than an adventure comic. That's another thing about this comic. It handles so many genres so well, and it really subverts your expectations. You wouldn't really read the summary or the first few issues and expect well-written romance, but you get it. And that goes for all its themes, not just the romance. It's almost funny how good it is, because when you think about it in the simplest terms, it really is just a robot space adventure, and you wouldn't expect these deep explorations of love and pain and generational trauma and politics, but you get it. As wonderful as the overarching plots are, I think what really makes this comic stand out is, again, the relationships between the characters. Found family is one of my favorite tropes, and we get a really big one here. I mean, they're dysfunctional as hell, but they are a family. There's no way I can pick a favorite character, but the top five standouts for me are Whirl, who was horrifically physically altered by the Senate before the war, and throughout the series slowly begins to heal and learns to let himself love and care for other people again. Cyclonus, who I've talked about earlier. Tailgate, who was in what was basically a coma for the entire war and woke up in a world drastically different from the one he knew. Fulcrum, a Decepticon who was forcibly made into a suicide bomber but survived his intended last mission and is now trying to find purpose in life. And Brainstorm, who can't move on from the grief of losing his lost love millions of years ago. All of them are so well written and are given so much development, something I'm unfortunately not really used to in a lot of the media I consume. I could go into a lot more detail, but I really think that if you found any of this interesting and you have the time, you should experience the series for yourself. It's only around 80 issues, which seems like a big number, but isn't too long compared to a lot of other comics. Of course, if you get into its sister series and the other IDW storylines, you've got a lot more material on your hands, but it is truly worth it. I think that wraps up this inaugural episode, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I've discussed here. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.